Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. I want to talk to you from the title called Shout Up. Because I want to end this series on some awesome praises and worship. I want to end this series of mind games by maybe revealing some tactics that the enemy has for us. But man, showing us the weapons that we get to use to combat Because there's too many people hurting in this world, and there's too many people that feel alone in this world, and there's too many people that feel hopeless and helpless. But man, man, if we just worship, if we just praise, if we just believe and we know that we're not powerless, and we're not helpless, and we're not hopeless, because our God is. I don't know if you've ever tried to get the attention of someone I I was thinking when I was thinking about trying to get the attention of someone, I was thinking of, you know, when I was a kid and I was driving to church with my mom and I was sitting in the back seat with my brothers and one of my brothers pinches me. I'm not going to tell you which one it was. Uh, There's always two sides of the story. I get it, but I have the mic and he's not here, so I'm going to tell you the truth. And and he pinched me and, and, and I would try to tell mom. I would try to tell what happened? I'm trying to get her attention and music is going and she's busy talking on the whatever it is. I'm and every time I try to call her, I, I just shout just a little bit louder. And my brother, of course, is like, hey, looking at me with those, right, those, those eyes like I am going to end your life if you tell on me. And the greater the struggle, the, the, the louder my shout got. And I was trying to get my mom's attention. And before you know it, of course, he's hitting me and hitting me in the ribs. So I, I couldn't say anything. And finally, he's putting his hand over my mouth to try to silence me. And, and, and you're trying to break free, but you got the seatbelt on, so you, you can't move. You're just like moving. On a serious note, you ever been scared? You ever been in a moment where you, you, you're, you're lost or you're in the dark and you're, you're, you're looking for help? In the beginning, you're kind of, because you're scared, you're kind of like quietly like looking for help. But as the intensity grows, your shout gets a little bit louder because if you know that if someone doesn't hear you, you just might not make it through. And so our shout gets louder as the intensity of the situation gets louder. I want you to open up your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. I'm going to do quite a bit of reading, and uh, we're going to stop, and I'm going to talk, and I'm going to share, and I'm really praying that this helps somebody in this room, and that you take this with you, and you can help other people uh, with the word, because it shouldn't just stop in these four walls. Every time Pastor Roe preaches, every time there's a word shared, every time a worship song is sung, it shouldn't stay here. It should go outside the four walls. You all have families. You all have friends. You got to bring them in two weeks. Uh, You all got those people that they also need the help. And so let's take this with us. Let's bury it in our hearts. Let's plant it in our heart and let it grow. And then let's go out there and share it with people. So you ready? 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I got two waters, I got a gator, I'm electrolyted up. This is awesome. Okay, here we go. The Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Meunites came to wage war against 
Jehoshaphat. I told you I was going to read and stop. I'm stopping already. This is not even fair. Like, the enemy didn't even come to shoot the fair one. This is not one enemy. This is not two enemies. This is three enemies. Like, they came to shut you off and shut you down and shut you up. Like, they're not even, I mean, this is straight mind games. This is straight intimidation. Like, you feel hopeless and powerless before the war even starts. So shaken, like it started to work. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a nationwide fast for all of Judah. Fasting equals urgency. It's, it's an outward indication of an inward sincerity. Shaken, not knowing what to do, scared, frightened, but I love this about Jehoshaphat, and this is what we've got to learn here. He goes straight to God. That's the plan. The people of Judah came together from every town to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and said, Lord, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations, power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. First, he tells God who he is. Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Now he tells God what he's done. They have lived in it and built it in a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us, and you will save us. Now he tells God what he's promised in the past. But now, men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir have shown up. You didn't let Israel touch them when we got here first. We detoured around them and didn't lay a hand on them, and now they've come to kick us out of the country you gave us. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance? Our God, will you not take care of them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, says all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood. Enemies showed up, God's people stood up. Everybody stood there before the Lord. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Stop, when we don't know what to do, we need to go straight to God because we need instruction and direction and communication and contents because that will always clear the path to tell us what we're supposed to do. We need this in every aspect of life. See, you need, uh, uh, you need the, this part to get to the next part, but if you don't get the next part, then you get stuck in the first part and you stay frightened and full of fear and doubt and you just don't know what to do. Mind games. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Guys, we just sang this. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Then he says, tomorrow, and I'm like, God, why tomorrow? Why can't you do it today? Anybody ever feel like that? Like, why are we waiting, God? And God's like, because I said, tomorrow. It says, tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. And I'm like, God, why do we have to take our positions? You said, we didn't have to fight. And he's like, because I said so. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. 
uh, the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Father God, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for every single person in this room. I, I thank you that uh, you not only uh, are, are speaking to us in this moment, but you're working in us uh, in this moment. And you're going to help us see some stuff that we don't see and help us to do some stuff that we thought was impossible to do. God, I, I pray that you you help us and that you that you fill us and you fill me as I speak your word in the precious name of Jesus. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. So we have two out of these three armies that are descendants of Lot. Lot was the nephew of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Israel. And Lot had sexual relations with two of his daughters. Disgusting. His daughters each had sons. One was named Ammon and the other was Moab. This is 1,200 years ago. And now the descendants of Lot, the Ammonites and the Moabites, have come to attack Israel. Someone say, thanks a lot. Man, sometimes the past just doesn't want to stay in the past. The past comes back to try and destroy us and shut us down and shut us off and, tr and shut us up and try to take away what God's doing in us and for us to try to minimize the plan and the purpose that God has uh, for our lives. Like, like tell us, like make us feel defeated before we even started the battle. Like make me feel like we're not enough. Or we don't deserve the blessing. Or we don't deserve his help. But we will not let the past come into our present and destroy our future. Who no, no, no. Doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Doesn't matter what happened in the past. You leave that on the other side of the cross. It's a whole new world. It's a whole new life. You leave it in the past. Do not let the past mess with our present state of mind because God has something incredible for all of our futures. And so facing this seemingly impossible situation, Jehoshaphat prays and he tells God, Verse 6, who he is. Verse 7, what he's done. Verse 8 and 9, what he promised he would do. It's not that God forget what he has done or what he's promised or who he is. Man, it's good to say these things. As the enemy is playing mind games with us, trying to remember our past, it's good for us to remember what God's done in the past and what he said about us in the past and what he's promised us in the past. It's good to combat when the enemy tries to get you to remember the, some stuff that you've done. It's good to remind ourselves and fill our heads with all the stuff, who God is and what he's done and what he's promised. It's good to say it loud sometimes to remind ourselves because it's so easy that we forget. In the, in the Gospel of John, there's someone named Martha. Martha was a friend of Jesus. Martha knew Jesus. Martha knew his power. Martha seen his miracles. But then faced, when faced with uh, her own seemingly impossible situation, her brother dies. She quickly forgets who Jesus was and what he's done and what he promised. She quickly forgets and she snaps at Jesus and she's like, Jesus, if you were just here four days ago, my brother wouldn't be dead and now he's dead and he stinks and he's, and he's rotting in the grave. Had you just been here? And Jesus is like, didn't I tell you? Like you heard it, but you forgot. Didn't I tell you that if you just believed that you would see the glory of God? Matthew 8, disciples in a boat, 
with Jesus. Jesus is sleeping. They get into a storm. They're all scared. They're about to die. Wake Jesus up like, Jesus, don't you care if we die? And Jesus is like, guys, I, I, I told you that if you just called on me that, that, that I'd hear you. And so Jesus wakes up and he, he, he calms the storm and all good. That's Matthew 8. Matthew 14, six chapters later, disciples in a boat, same lake, maybe the same boat, get into another storm. This time Jesus is not in the boat, but they're scared to death. They think they're going to die. And Jesus is like, guys, we saw this movie already. You saw the end of the, what, what are you, Why are you afraid? Didn't you see what I did six chapters later? Why are you scared? This is Matthew 14. Same chapter, Matthew 14. Uh, Jesus is talking and there's 5,000 men plus women and children. And, and, and the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, the people are hungry. And, the, and, and Jesus is like, great, feed them. And they're like, but we don't have enough resources to meet the need. Jesus makes it happen, takes, right, takes a, a few, uh, some uh, loaves and bread, right? I mean loaves and fish and feeds everybody. 5,000 men, women, children. So there's about 15,000 people in the room. And he has five loaves of bread and two little fishies. Matthew 14. Matthew 15. One chapter later. They're in the same predicament, and now there is 4,000 men plus women and children, so we have less people, and yet they have seven loaves of bread and a, uh, a few fish, and so there's more food with less people, and they're still worried about how they're going to meet the need, and Jesus is like, guys, I did this for you already. Oh, but we forgot what you did. We forgot what you said. We forgot who you are, and so, guys, it's good to remind ourselves that we're the head and not the tail. It's good to remind ourselves that we're more than conquerors. It's good to remind us ourselves that he'll never leave us nor forsake us and that if we would just call on him that he'd heal our land and he'd hear our prayers. Oh, but we forget so easy. Back to 2 Chronicles. God, we can't do this. Jehoshaphat gives an honest appraisal of his situation. These guys came to shut us down and shut us off and shut us up. This is too big for us. We literally feel powerless and helpless in this situation. There's not even a possibility that we could pull this off, ever feel like that. Maybe big bills, maybe some medical reports, maybe some kids or spouses that just don't want to come to church and come to the Lord, maybe some marital problems. You ever feel like, man, I just feel hopeless and powerless. Maybe there's depression and anxiety. You just feel powerless and helpless and hopeless, like there's no way this is going to work. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Our eyes are not on a platform. Our eyes are not on a pastor. Our eyes are not on a prescription. Our eyes are not on our wallet. No, no, no. Our eyes are on you. Our eyes go up from where comes our help. And so we're looking up. And so we're eyes, we fix our eyes and our focus on the one that can save us. And the word of the Lord comes and God says, hey, the battle is not yours. You won't have to fight it. And, and, and we're like, uh, uh, he's like, don't worry. And we're like, uh, great big G, go get him. Big G either stands for God or Jesus. That was a joke. We're like, perfect, God, go get him. And God is like, okay, get dressed. 
But you, you, you said we didn't have to fight, so why would we get dressed? Like, that doesn't make sense. No, 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 I, I want you to take your positions. I know, but you said you, we didn't have to fight, so that doesn't make, I, I want you to believe and I want you to, that, God, that doesn't make sense. I, I want you to, 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 to get in position and stand in front of the enemy, and I want you to get dressed, and I want you to go out there and face the enemy. But God, that doesn't make sense. Man, a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. If you were, if you were really going by sense, a lot of you wouldn't be in the building. I mean, virgin birth and, and, and resurrections and all that stuff. But man, we, we believe all the stuff and we put our faith in that, so why are we questioning all the other stuff that God tells us to do in a very practical practical way we don't walk by sense we walk by faith so don't be afraid see when you're afraid you lose confidence when you lose confidence you not only lose confidence in yourself but you actually cause the enemy to gain confidence because the enemy smells the fear and the enemy sees it in your eyes and you start to shrink back man I don't want to give the enemy not one inch uh, from my heart and my mind I don't want to give him one I don't want him getting any more confidence than he already has I want him to be scared of my confidence because my confidence isn't in me I know the situation but my eyes are So verse 18, then Jehoshaphat knelt down, bowing with his face to the ground. All Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping God, and they stood to their feet to praise God. They praised at the top of their lungs, at the top of their lungs. Somebody say, at the top of their lungs, as if they were shouting, still in their current reality, those two and a half armies are still out there, they're still here, they still know that they're, they're hopeless and powerless to do this, but they start to shout and, and worship and praise at the top of their lungs. They know the enemy's still out there trying to end their existence. Nothing has changed in the natural, oh, but they start to shout at the top of their lungs. What they know has not changed, but what they believe has. I imagine they were looking at God like, hey, God, you make me wanna <laughs> kick my heels up and throw my head back in, throw my hands up and come on, shout. <laughs> when the enemy is on his way in this seemingly impossible situation, man prays, God speaks, faith arises, they stand up, they took a stand and worshiped at the top of their lungs as if they were shouting. They came, enemy came to shut us off and shut us down and shut us up, but we will not be quiet before anything else happens in the room. We are gonna shout with, with at the top of our lungs. We're gonna worship our God. We're gonna know that he, who he is and what he's done and what he's promised and our confidence is going to be in that. We know that the battle is not ours, that the battle is the Lord's, that yeah, we'll stand firm and yeah, we'll take our position, but we know in the end that God is going to do what he said he would do because he said he would do it and so my confidence is in his word not in my stance if the battle's his then why am I even stressing it I went on vacation uh, this summer with my three daughters I have three daughters uh, 18 15 13 I always say this I want to light myself on fire my 18 year old is in college and she's driving 
and she comes home Tuesday for Thanksgiving, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to be with her. And uh, Honestly, my, I love what I get to do. I love mission trips, and I love preaching, but my favorite thing to do in the whole world is to be at home on my couch with my daughters. My, the role of a dad is like the best thing that God's called me to do in my entire life. And so we went on vacation, and a little bit worried when we started talking about it. I kind of told the girls, hey, we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. And uh, out of nowhere, I don't even know how this happened. Uh, some people, I guess, heard I was going on vacation or somebody even asked me if I wanted to go on vacation. And, uh, and, and checks literally started coming in for the vacation. And, and then somebody said, hey, I want to buy your plane tickets. And someone else says, I want to buy, I want to pay for the hotel room. And then I happened to somehow uh, post that I was going there. And somebody says, hey, what hotel are you staying at? I said, this hotel. And they said, oh, my brother's the manager there and gave us this crazy suite. And then somebody else says, hey, we want to pay for your rental car and like souped us up to like the Wrangler with the top off. And somebody else was like, oh, I want to pay for some incidentals in your, I want to pay for a meal. I want to pay 90% of the entire trip the excursions, everything was paid for. But you know what's funny? While I'm on the trip and every time I, I, we're doing something, I looked at the bill and I got nervous because I was like, man, this is expensive. And I had to remind myself, the bill's not mine. I don't have to pay it. Man, the battle's the Lord. The victory's already in the win category. Man, the victory song started playing the moment the enemy started to form the weapon because my God says, though the weapon's formed, oh, it will not prosper. And so why am I stressing it? It's not mine. I don't have to worry about it. God knows our weaknesses. He knows his strength. He knows exactly where the enemy is. And he knows exactly how to defeat them. They ain't going to get me to shut up. I'm going to shout up. Mark 10, verse 46 to 52. We call it blind Bartimaeus. It says as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging, sitting by the roadside begging, sitting by the roadside begging. When he, when he, when he heard it was Jesus, guys, he be, this gets me going, like just reading, he began to shout, Jesus! Imagine the intensity, he's sitting on the roadside begging, how, who knows for however long he's been blind, who knows for however long he's been begging, who knows that the bills are way past his head and he might not have food on the table, maybe he hasn't eaten for a couple of days. Who knows the situation? He starts to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to shut up. Oh, but he shouted even louder. One thing I love is that the phrase that he says, Jesus son, of mercy, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm like, how did he know to say that? Funny enough, in Matthew 9, it actually talks about two blind guys. There's another part of the Gospels. And, and, and what do you know? They said the exact same thing. This is before Bartimaeus. They say the same thing. It's in a completely other part of town. They say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heals them. And so maybe the news of Jesus, the good news of Jesus traveled fast. And it got to the ears of Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus said, hey, I'm in the same situation those other two guys are in. So maybe if I say the same thing, maybe Jesus will have mercy on me and actually uh, do the same thing he did for them. Maybe, just maybe, he'll do it for me. 
It's good to say our testimonies. It's good to talk about what we've been through because it ignites faith in somebody else that, hey, if he did it for them, he could do it for, yeah, you got it. Many rebuked him and told him to shut up, but he shouted even louder. I imagine this guy, blind Bartimaeus, can't see, eyes closed. You know, they say that when one sense is down, the other senses are heightened. So he can, I, I believe that he could hear real well. And so he's sitting day after day after day after day, sitting on a dirt floor. And he's sitting there and his eyes are closed and he's with his hand out. And he's, he's hearing people walk past him all day long. Voices. Voices. Sounds. Voices. Passing by. Voices, voices, voices passing by in every direction, not paying attention to him, not caring about his situation. Maybe they're huffing and puffing their breath a little bit because uh, Bartimaeus is such a drain on society and voices and voices and voices are passing him by and he's still in his situation and he's still stuck and he's still blind and he still can't see and he's still on the floor and he still has nothing to feed himself with and he still can't uh, uh, make any money maybe to support a family or to support any friends and, and, and I mean he is just ostracized and marginalized. He's just off on, out of the, left out of the party. Voices and voices and voices and voices. Oh, but today, ooh, today, today there's a, ooh, there's a new voice. Oh, there's a new voice in town. Oh, this, this voice is, this voice is, ooh, this voice is different. This voice is bigger. This voice is, this voice is deeper. This, there's possibility in this voice. There, there's life-altering qualities in this voice. I mean, this, this voice can change everything. This, change, this voice can change my situation. This voice can get me up off the ground. This, this voice can help me to start seeing correctly. Like, like this, this, there's this other voice now. It says when he heard it was Jesus. I mean, the voice that can change everything is so close. Man, there's all these other voices. There's all these other voices. There's this crowd of voices and voices, and maybe there's voices in your life just screaming like you know Jesus is there, but there's all these other voices, voices of shame and voices of depression and voices of anxiety and voices of your past and voices like you're not good enough and I know what you did last summer and voices of intimidation and voices of low self-esteem and low self-worth and insecurity, like all these other voices. And all these other voices came to come out in the same time, in the same place, to gang up on you, trying to shut you off and shut you down and shut you up. Like, this is not for you. Like, like yeah, Jesus cares about some people, but you're not one of them. Like, like stop wasting your breath. Stop wasting his time with your little prayers. Like, like, the possibility that you hear in that voice, that possibility is impossible for you. It doesn't exist for you. And all these other voices are, are, are like, stay quiet, shut up. You don't, oh, mercy, mercy? You don't deserve mercy. You know what you did. You know who you are. But maybe, imagine Bartimaeus hearing all these voices telling him to shut up. Maybe, maybe. Imagine him sitting, imagine him sitting there like, maybe, maybe there's more to life than this. Je Jesus, maybe there's more to life, 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 life than, than this, like, like, and, and all the other voices are like, shut up. 
Like maybe I could, I, I could finally see today. Shut up. Maybe, maybe I could finally get off this ground and, and start walking and following Jesus. Shut up. Maybe I could actually start, stop taking and being a drain on society and actually start giving. Shut up. Maybe I could actually uh, uh, like, like live with vision and purpose. Shut up. Maybe I could finally have direction. Shut up. Man, I just joined the church. Maybe I, I want to go all in. Maybe God could do something. I'm going jo to join, uh, uh, start growth track next week. Uh, shut up. And all these voices are screaming, shut up, trying to shut you down and shut you off and shut you up. But when the voices in, that you allow in your life do not line up with the voice of God, you confidently and persistently tell those other voices, no, I will not shut up. Thank you very much. But I will shout up. In fact, you shut up. I will not give you one inch into my life. Man, I want God's voice to be the loudest voice in my life. I will not shut up. I will not be quiet. You be quiet. You shut up when all those voices of the crowds are trying to get you to, 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 to be quiet. They're trying to silence you and they're putting your hand over your mouth. You're like, no, 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 no. I will not shut up. And they're screaming, shut up, shut up, shut up. And, and the intensity of the voices get even louder. Guess what? That's when I'm going to shout even louder because I'm getting to Jesus, because I'm getting my miracle, because I'm getting my blessing, because I'm getting my breakthrough, because I'm going to keep my sanity because I'm going to keep my joy, because I'm going to keep my peace, because I'm going to keep my hope. I'm going to make sure that I will not shut up. I will not lay down. I will not be quiet. I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. I'm going to shout up at the top of my lungs. Back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Early in the morning, as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be successful. Man, that is it right there. After consulting the people, he appointed a choir, love that, appointed a choir to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out at the head of the army, the choir, Pastor Lee, leading the way, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love never quits. Not that everything's all peachy, not that the, the, the enemy's not there anymore. No, no, no. They were on their way to face the enemy. And man, if his love never quits, then I ain't never going to quit neither. And so I'm going out and I'm believing and I'm standing firm, firm and I'm getting dressed and I, I'm going out to face this enemy. But I know that the battle's his and so I'm confident in that. And in verse 22, God, it just gets better and better. I love this story. As soon as they started shouting and praising As soon as they started shouting, can I say that one more time? As, as soon as, not before, not as, as soon as they started shouting and praising, God set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were attacking Judah and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites, check this out, rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Could we start singing? He takes what the enemy... I can't sing, guys. I, I can't, but I try. He takes what the enemy meant for evil. Come on. 
He switches it all around us. Judah came up over the rise, looking into the wilderness for the horde of barbarians. They looked on a killing field of dead bodies. Ooh, they, they, they were expecting to see one thing, but, but they saw something else. Oh, they, they saw a victory. It says, the, 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 the Bible says, not a living soul among them. No one had escaped. I imagine, I imagine that as they come up over this ridge, I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of Israelites, right? And so they're coming up, and maybe the first line is a couple thousand, and they come up over the ridge, and maybe they, they, they see, they were expecting one thing, but they see something else. They, they were expecting a fight, but, but, but they actually see a victory. They, they were expecting uh, to, maybe to, to see a, a vast army, like this massive, all these bullies out there. Oh, but they see God's promises. And maybe they, they come up over the ridge, and they're like, hey, hey, hey. And everyone's bumping into them because they were expecting to keep walking. And, and now they're looking over this killing field. And imagine them, we don't have to go anymore. It's, it's done. And the news is traveling fast. And, and, and faith is ignited. And everybody, see, when we tell other people what God did, faith ignites it. It, it moves backwards. And, and we're like, oh, oh. And people start shouting and praising even more because they hear about what God already did. See, if we only knew that the victory was on the other side of our shouts. If we only knew that the blessing and the miracle and the healing and, and, and joy, joy for our mind, peace of mind was on the other side of our shout. As soon as we start shouting and praising, God starts to work on our behalf. And the very thing that was set up meant for evil, that very thing that was tormenting us and, and giving us anxiety and giving us depression and, and, just, and just plaguing our minds and that wouldn't let us sleep at night and, and kept us up all night, man, if we just knew... We start to shout and praise the very thing that was mocking you, the very thing that was laughing at you, the very thing that was trying to get you to remember what you did and shaming you, the very thing that was, came up full force making you feel powerless and helpless, that very thing, God takes that very thing that got you in a bad headspace, and he turns it around, and it actually causes your faith to build a little bit bigger, and your, and your testimony to be a little bit stronger, and your shout to be just a little bit louder. See, it's easy to shout when you see the end results, but shout first. Shout first. Jehoshaphat and the people shouted before their victory. Bartimaeus shouted before his healing. Remember Paul and Silas, they opened up their mouths before the prison doors were opened and the shackles were loosened. Jericho shouted before those walls came tumbling down. Worship team, you could start coming up. Imagine pulling up to Jericho with the Israelites. I mean, they've been walking in the desert for 40 years, and now they come and they see this massive wall standing in front of them. And it's the first enemy in the promised land, and they're like, you know what, like when you're about to face some bullies, like you like, like let me at them. You, you, you punch the first one like real quick, real hard, so everybody else knows you, you about that life, right? So they're like, God, let me at them. Like it's Jericho was the first enemy, let me at them. And, and God's like, no, 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 I want you to take a walk. That doesn't make sense, God. Take a walk. Okay. So they take a walk one time around the wall. Now what, God? Go home. Okay, we'll go home. Day two. Do we get him now, God? No, no, no. Take, take a walk again. Day three, day four, day five, day six. Same thing. 
Day seven, we're taking a walk again and going home. No, no, you're going to walk around now seven times, and then you're going to shout. You're going to shout before the wall comes down. You're going to walk 13 times around this thing. Like, like, I imagine God wanted to, like, check their obedience barometer, like, make sure they were actually hearing and that they would actually step out, that even when things didn't make sense, they, they would actually do what he's telling them to do. And when he told them to shout, that they would shout before they saw a victory and before they saw the walls coming down. Like, like would you listen? Like, like, I almost think, like, maybe, like, God wanted the Israelites to, like, get in front of this wall and maybe get, a, get acquainted with that thing. Like, 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 stare at that thing, stare at that enemy, and then shout and believe. Because he could have done it like a week ago. But he wanted them to take a walk for a week. And then shout. And when they shouted, it was because they were obedient to the word. And they were believing that God was going to do what he said he would do. And then, and then, and then... Like, like, sometimes he wants us to get in front of the marriage and get in front of the addiction and get in front of the depression and get in front of the bank account. Like, get in front of it. Stare that thing in its face. I, I want you to shout at that thing. And I want you to believe that that stuff is going to come crumbling down. Like, like, like believe that I'm going to actually work on your behalf and do what I said I would do because I am who I say I am. And I, I, what I did then, I could do it now. And I, well, all the stuff that I promised, it's going to happen. Somebody could look at you and be like, man, what are you shouting for? Don't you see that big wall, that, that big nasty old wall standing there? Like that thing has been there for a thousand years. That thing's been made like to the, with the best technology of that day. And, and I mean, that is a solid wall. What are you shouting for? And you just got to respond because I believe that God told me something. And so I'm going to be obedient to what he told me. And because I put my confidence in him and not in me and not in the structure of the wall, my confidence is in his word, and so I obey. And so when I shout, man, things start to crumble. Things start to happen. See, see, it wasn't the loudness of their voice that made the wall come down. It was the loudness of their faith. It wasn't the movement of their vocal cords. It was the movement of their confidence. Because it takes faith to shout. So the world says, see and believe. God says, believe and you'll see. Some of you are waiting for some walls to fall, some enemies to drop, and some prison doors to open, and some shackles to be loosened, to start shouting. But if you'd only shout, if you'd only believe, if you'd only take a walk, if you'd only obey, you start to see God moving on your behalf, using the very thing that's got you worried to kill itself. Second Chronicles 20 says, so Jehoshaphat and his men went to, went to carry off their plunder, and they found more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled to praise the Lord, more, more praising. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for God had given them rest on every side, so he just doesn't take care of the problem, but he sends you off with more than you can carry, more than you need it, leftovers, just so you know that he can more than cover today and tomorrow, just like the extra baskets of fish sandwiches after the feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000. And he even secures the future. Now all the other bullies know not to mess with his children. 
Because that's what a Savior does. He's the God. He's a more than God. He's the God of multiplication. He's the God of acceleration. He's, he's about to open up the HOV lane. He's about to drop, stop, shut it down, open up, shop on you. He, I'm taking my position. I'm standing firm. I'm battle ready. I'm ready to receive instructions and follow orders. He's about to open up the heavens and work on your behalf, but before anything happens, man, let's shout. Let's not listen to the voices of the crowd, but follow the voice of Jesus. Let's not look at how great the enemy is, but remember that greater is he that is in me. Let's not forget, let's believe, let's praise him for who he is and what he's done and what he's promised and he still is who he always was and if he did it then he could do it now and if he promised it it's like money in the bank and if he says the battle's his then the battle's his why are we stressing it if he did it for Bartimaeus and he did it for Jehoshaphat and the Israelites man does anybody believe that he could do it for us I, I love this saying the saying says unbelief says some other time but not now some other place but not here man for somebody else man for somebody with a title or somebody sitting in the front man but not for me faith says anything God did at any other time he's willing to do now anything he did anywhere else he's willing to do here and anything he did for anybody else he's willing to do for you and 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 for me does anybody believe that? And check this out. I got like 18 closings here. Check this out. We have the advantage. We have the book. We know how it ends. We win. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 says he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And he will descend from heaven with a loud shout. So until he shouts, I'm going to shout because I know who he is and what he's done, and what he's promised. And man, what the enemy meant for evil, he will turn it around and work it for my good. And listen, when the enemy comes and he's breathing down your neck and he comes three armies against one, you look at that enemy dead in the face and you said, hey, you could huff and you could puff, but you will not blow this house down. My God can not lose. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.